this hour by Frederick Remington Fully Cooked Ready to Eat Bacon. Exclusive no refrigeration 10 year extended shelf life bacon. The thickest media center cut bacon in the industry at fullycookedbacon.com. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to hour number two of the broadcast. I know you are listeners, you love true crime, and uh, this these are our most downloaded shows, our most viewed shows over at YouTube our best downloads over at iTunes, and we're back to that topic tonight, a fantastic book. It's called Shallow Graves, The Hunt for the New Bedford Highway Serial Killer. Now, let me set this up for you. 11 women went missing over the spring and summer of 1988 in New Bedford, Massachusetts, which is an old fishing port known as the Whaling City, where Moby Dick, Frederick Douglass, textile mills, and heroin dealing represent just a few of the many threads in the community's diverse fabric. In the book, investigative reporter Maureen Boyle tells the story of a case that has haunted New England for 30 years, drawing on more than 100 interviews along with police reports, first-person accounts, and field reporting, both during the killings and, more recently, shallow graves brings the listener behind the scenes of the investigation onto the streets of the city and, most importantly, into the homes of the families still looking for answers. And Maureen Boyle, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. You know, we do a lot of true crime uh, shows, and one of the things that first jumped out at me in in looking at your book and hearing some of your other interviews is the time frame, 1988, which is before social media. And a lot of these serial killers seem to, we don't have the, the problem today as much. And I don't know if you want to comment on that to begin with, sort of the era before and after serial the uh the social media and serial killers yeah in in 1988 and you know for those of us of a certain age 1988 doesn't seem that far uh right uh, <laughs> away however an, an awful lot has happened uh in the last 30 years in 1988 of course very few people had cell phones um there were still pay phones around most households had landlines uh, there wasn't Facebook, uh, there wasn't Twitter, um, people were not videotaping. There wasn't even email, right, back in 88? No, I, I mean, there, 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 there may have been email in some tech world, but yeah. for those, you know, average people like you and I, uh, email was not in our uh, our purview. I mean, this was even uh, before most of us even had AOL uh, back then. absolutely. So generally, word traveled very, very slowly compared to today. Uh, People got their news through newspapers and radio and television. Uh, There wasn't 24-7 news reports. Um, News was uh, what you read and what you heard at 6 and 11. so it was a very, very different time, even though it wasn't all that long ago. So that when there were these type of cases, I uh, when we talk about New Bedford in this case, uh, the women started going missing in the spring, roughly around March of 1988, and then it 
Uh, the disappearances appear to have uh, stopped in September of 1988. Uh, but they were spread over uh, a period of time. Uh, people were not posting things online, so there did not seem that same immediacy. So how, how long... How long, Maureen, before there was, uh, you know, the thought that, hey, these might be connected instead of, I, I know there's always that point in these serial killers, uh, you know, killing uh, histories where somebody says, wait a minute, this is more than one of the same type of killing. How many killings into this streak of, of murders before they, they connected those dots? Um, what's interesting about this case is that, um, the bodies didn't start showing up right away. And uh, the first two bodies were found in July. The alarm went out and the concern went out in roughly about October of 1988. And that is because of the sheer number of women who were reported missing in the city. Um, there was a detective at the time uh, by the name of uh, John Dextrader. Um, he got involved in the case early on, got very curious about it because of the disappearance of one particular woman, and he began looking at uh, other disappearances, noticed that there were other women who had disappeared. But at that time, there wasn't a lot of bodies as uh, being found. Only two bodies had been found, and that was in July. But the women so had, so it almost it's it's like the killing spree almost was over before oh, be, they yeah. figured out that there was that all because they had they didn't have the bodies it wasn't like now isn't this unusual and we've had this with other serial killers um, we had the uh, uh, the the great author uh, Keith Coma was on with us recently to talk about the uh, the uh, the West Coast uh, killer mm-hmm. um, and and. Uh, is isn't it unusual for them to just stop? I mean, isn't there usually, I mean, an ongoing activity for them to to be just active for a few months and then stop? Isn't that in and of itself unusual? Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, generally, it is unusual, uh, and very often you uh, discover that there's a reason why they may have stopped, uh, and that was some one of the re- things that the police. Here we're looking at, uh, so, did the killer move on? Uh, did he just move to another state, another part of the country? Uh, did the killer die? Is he mm. in prison? Is there some other reason why he stopped? Is there something else that happened in his life? Uh, maybe some type of disability. There's, uh, th- there have been cases where killers have gone dormant for a period of time and then start up again. The Golden State Killer, uh, I, I, yeah. I should have referenced, do you see any similarities? And it was so amazing to us. We had Keith Komosan talking about the Golden State Killer, and then it was just like a month later they caught him through this incredible DNA uh, method that they were using. Do you see any connections? Um, I, I would love if uh, perhaps there is usable uh, DNA that can now be tested so that they can uh, identify identify the killer. Now, remember, 1988, DNA, at least for, uh, forensically in these type in murder cases, was really in its infancy. Uh, there wasn't a DNA database like we have today, and this is why oh, many of the cases are now being solved. Um, back in 1988, to compare DNA, uh, you generally needed much larger samples than you need today. They didn't have the touch DNA that that you uh, hear about um, so often now. It was a completely different type of testing method back then. Yeah, the technology is just not what it it is today, was not back then. And what's interesting about the... um, uh, the the uh, the case with Keith Comos, um, the Golden State Killer, is they used familial DNA, which is they just took his DNA yeah. and they they created a pool of like ten thousand family members and whittled that down and found the guy. And I was like, this is blowing my mind that you can do that. 
And who knows, maybe something like that could be done here. So much more. We'll take a break. We'll be back with Maureen Boyle. Don't miss it. Hi, this is radio talk show host Jim Paris. And if you are like me, you hate all of those monthly bills. Well, I reached the point about three years ago that I decided enough was enough, and I went to war with my personal stack of monthly bills. I canceled cable TV and legally connected my television to the Internet, and now I get hundreds of free TV channels, and I don't pay for cable TV. I found a little-known way of getting free home phone service for life, and I discovered a totally legal way to opt out of Obamacare and cut my health insurance bill by more than 60% per year. If you want to learn more about my personal war on monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. That's christianmoneyplus.com. If you're just plain sick and tired of those monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. Have you had credit challenges, divorce, bankruptcy, or just haven't established your credit yet? If so, getting a decent car loan can be tough. The good news is that there is a place where you can get a car loan at a fair price, regardless of your credit situation. Auto Loan Express can make it happen now when you visit newcard99.com. Here's the deal. If you have a regular job, then there's no reason to keep taking the bus or repairing that old junker. Go to newcard99.com today and fill out our simple online application. We accept over 99% of applicants and can get you behind the wheel of your new car with just a few strokes of your keyboard. No hassles, no third degree. Just fill out the simple online application and start shopping for your next car. So when you're ready to get on the road with your new car loan, visit us online at newcar99.com, where we accept 99% of all applications. Newcar99.com. If you have a job, then you qualify. Here's to you and your new car. Visit newcar99.com. Newcar99.com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. We are GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. We've got listeners, lots of them. Around the world, around the clock, our listeners do what listeners do. They listen. And you know what listeners got? Needs. Needs for your products, your services, and money to buy those needs. With our network of over 1,000 radio stations, streaming on the web, and our satellite transmissions, we're reaching our listeners with quality conservative programming. But there's something our listeners don't have. Your offer to meet their needs. Any business needs buyers. But if our listeners don't hear your message, they're still going to buy what they need. Just not from your business. So let's fix this. Tell us about your business. Then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message for our GCN listeners. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. Get the ultimate knife at an ultimate price. The Fox Karambit Knife. Finally available in the U.S. The Fox Karambit Knife opens with one hand. Faster than you can pull a handgun. For utility, for defense, and for way less than other knives of this caliber. Go to TheUltimateKnife.com. Truly the best knife you will ever own. And only available at TheUltimateKnife.com. Use promo code RADIO at checkout for free shipping. Get the ultimate knife at the ultimate price. At TheUltimateKnife.com. listening to Jim Paris live. The book is available on Amazon, the title Shallow Graves: The Hunt for the New Bedford Highway Serial Killer, and I should note there is a Kindle version, a paperback version, and an audio version. A lot of you ask about the audio version uh, being available, also Kindle version. All of that is there. And let me ask you Maureen, did you read uh did you record the audio version in your voice? No. Okay, people want to know that. I know that's kind of a, 
out of left field question, but a lot of times when we have guests, they want to know if the author themselves recorded that or not. Uh, no. Some do, some don't. Uh, but I like that because people take trips, and especially you know with Thanksgiving just around the corner, if you're going to do a driving trip, this might be a great one to have. I've got it up here on Audible. So Audible, you can grab it. It's uh, just one credit uh, on Audible, which is nice to pick up the entire book. And it's a beautiful, uh, well-laid-out book. It'd be a great gift uh, for Christmas as well. It's uh, almost 300 pages and very heavily footnoted. Maureen, start with the victimology. Tell us what these 11 women had in common and how they kind of made the connection that there was a common thread here? Um, all of the women were, were uh, slight in build, uh, and they were all addicted to uh, cocaine and heroin. That mm. was the uh, the major link between all of them. Uh, they all, uh, a couple of them had arrests for prostitution, but not all of them. Uh, it, so it was primarily the drug connection. And the ages seem to range, so yeah. I'm seeing here as young as 19, but then there was one victim as old as 36. Yeah, but, however, they were, they looked very, very similar. Uh, all but one of the uh, the victims uh, were white. All of them were white, with, with one exception. Um, and But they were all very, very slight. They were all primarily about five, one five two, and very very thin, um, and and looked similar. That's interesting. That's another uh, trait that you see with a lot of serial killers. They seem to have a certain profile that they go after, including Ted Bundy. A uh, very much followed a very particular yep. profile of what his victims would look like. Now, of course, the subtitle for the book is "The Hunt for the New Bedford Highway." serial killer. So what is the thought on how these women were actually abducted and murdered? It, were they hitchhiking? Uh, what's the connection to the highway? Uh, that's where they were all found. All of the women uh, were last seen in the city of New Bedford, uh, either walking or in a bar or leaving a bar. Uh, one woman was walking home. Another one was walking to a family christening party. Uh, they disappeared at different uh, times of the day, but uh, it's believed most of them disappeared at night. And they, uh, their bodies were found weeks or months, and in most cases, months and months later, uh, dumped along the side of uh, highways that circled the city. None of the women were found in the city of, of New Bedford itself. But they were all from the New Bedford area? Um, they were all last seen in the New Bedford area. Uh, not all, not and not all, and that also complicated the case because, <clears throat> excuse me, not all of the women were reported missing in New Bedford to New Bedford police. And this was also a time when there wasn't a, a central database of, um, or a very good central database of missing uh, individuals. So someone could be reported missing in Fall River, which is a city. Comp, uh, about the same size as New Bedford, about uh, 20 minutes away, and New Bedford police would not know about it unless someone from Fall River called them, and that was the case with one of the women. Uh, of all the women, there were uh, there were several that were never reported missing, um, and or they were reported missing outside of the, of the, the general area. So that complicated the case considerably. When bodies were were found, most of the bodies were found in late fall, fall um, be, between um, November and December. That's when the bulk of the, uh, the mm -hmm. women were found dead. And at that point, they had been missing for months and months, and it was primarily... Yeah, out exposed to the elements. And of course, yep. that earlier, you know, in the season would have been... You know, it gets quite hot up in, even in that part of the country. Um, were, were all of the uh, assaults similar? And, and I, I hate to even get into such graphic discussion, but, you know, we're talking about a horrible thing here. Um, were these women sexually assaulted and murdered, uh, or were they just murdered? Um, and was the means by which they were killed all consistent? Yeah. The, 
because all, I'll say all of the women were skeletal, even uh, those that were found fairly quickly after um, they disappeared, because that was a very, very hot summer. For example, there was one woman, Nancy Piva, went missing in the beginning of uh, July of 1988, and her body was found at the end of July in 1988, and her remains were skeletal. That's how hot it was that year. Um, they were not able to determine uh, if the women had been uh, assaulted. And in most of the cases, they were not able to positively uh, determine the cause of death, uh, although they do believe that all the women were strangled. Two of the women, they could, they could tell based on the evidence at the scene that they had been strangled. The other ones, it, it remained undetermined. Wow. If they, just, were all, just... if they were all found in uh, right off of the highway. So imagine if you're driving along a highway and you get a flat tire or you need to relieve yourself and there's no bathrooms around. If you park on the side of the road, the highway, and go into the brush, that's where the bodies were found. And so uh, Route 88, I-95, Route... Uh... I-140, all these different highways that were all around the New Bedford area. Now, uh, after the break, we'll talk about some of the suspects that, um, I don't know if you get into the suspects in your book, but I did some of my own research, and I guess there were three suspects. But before we get into that, is there presently a profile, or was there a profile of what they guess this killer might uh, look look like age-wise, uh, race, uh, profession, those sorts of things? Um, they did consult with the, the FBI. There was not a written profile provided. It was more of a oral profile uh, provided to the investigators of what to look for, how to interrogate individuals, that sort of thing. Uh, there was some discussion that the person may have had uh, some knowledge of police work, uh, and I think part of that was because he was able to elude authorities uh, so well. The, That's just like the Garden State... Uh, exactly. <laughs> I, I said yeah. Garden State, uh, Golden State Killer. But, yeah. uh, ex- exactly. He was a police officer. That is just bizarre. Uh, <laughs> and that seems to come up a lot with uh, serial killers, that they have a knowledge of law enforcement that is they're so they're so um they're planning these crimes out and uh everything is so contrived that they literally are almost studying what they'd have to do to not be caught which is makes it even scarier all right more on this book shallow graves fascinating discussion with maureen boyle we'll be back after this Did you know that safe drinking water is the second most essential human need? Don't take your water for granted. Know what you're drinking. Get a ProPure 10 in-home water test kit for just $20, a $39 value, and test for 10 different water contaminants and conditions. Takes about 10 minutes and works with most potable city and well water sources. No salesman will call. Order your test kit today and receive a $20 coupon good towards the purchase of a ProPure water filter system. Visit a participating authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do 
all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST55 to 443443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. To see how much you can save, plus get free shipping, text BEST55 to 443443. With a huge range of brand name filters available, Filters Fast is America's number one online filtration company. And you can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price, delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? To see how much you can save and get free shipping, Text BEST55 to 443-443. That's B-E-S-T-55 to 443-443. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. You're listening to Jim Paris Live. The author Maureen Boyle is with us. And Maureen, people might be interested to know that you're also a journalism professor. Uh, tell us about that. What college are you with? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, the program director for the journalism program at Stonehill College, which is a uh, small Catholic uh, college in Easton, Massachusetts. Very good. Uh, a lot of young people uh, listening, maybe looking for a future career in in journalism. Um, before we get into the individual victim, uh, I'm sorry, the suspects. I have a, a map up here on on my computer. I was looking at this earlier today. New Bedford is a small town, and and I'm looking at it, it's right on the water here, just across uh, from Martha's Vineyard. Uh, it looks like a boat ride from Martha's Vineyard. And the first major city I see there, the closest one would be Providence, Rhode Island. Tell us a little bit about that area. Um, it, it says here the, uh, population in 2010 was only 95,000 people. So this is a really small town. Yeah, a very, very small town. Everyone knows each other, uh, pretty much. It, it's a fishing community. Commercial fishing, it's one of the uh, largest fishing uh, ports in the country. So there's a lot of boats that come in uh, during the summer. There's a lot of boats that are co- that come up from Florida to fish. So there was some uh, concern that it may have been a Florida fisherman who could have been responsible. That was one of the theories. Um, the city is predominantly uh, Catholic, uh, there is a large number of Portu- Portuguese uh, in the city that is both from um, the, the mainland of, of Portugal, the Azores, uh, and also uh, from Cape Verde. Kind of, kind of makes me think of Murder, She Wrote, uh, <laughs> that kind of a little town. Am I, am I close? Uh, it, you are very, very close. 
everyone knows each other. The families are very, very large, very large Catholic families, so that everyone has a cousin who has a cousin who has a cousin. Um, Everyone has some, it's about two to three degrees of separation from everyone in the community in the surrounding town. And so when you have 11 murders that happen in that small community, everyone would know either a victim or a family uh, that had a victim. Is that right? Yes. Wow. Uh, most, most definitely. So it, it touches everyone. Um, and plus they would know their children, uh, aunts and uncles, um, people who have worked with each other. And, and in the New Bedford area, people have a tendency not to leave that area. because. Yeah, I, I, I got the sense from your book that, you know, it's it's uh, an area where you're, you're born, you stay there. It's not like a lot of areas of the country where people are, are, are moving once they get out of college. Uh, and that would make it even, I mean, so even today, I would imagine you could walk those streets and, and this is still something that's discussed and thought about every day there. Yes, it is. Yes, it wow. is. Um, it, it's, it's as if it, it just happened. It's as if it just happened yesterday. Tell us about the uh, the suspects. Uh, I don't know how much detail you get into in the book about the suspects, but in uh, on Wikipedia they have three suspects listed: Anthony DeGrazia, Kenneth Ponte, Daniel Tavares. Um, um, were well, were I, any of these three uh, considered like the most serious likely suspect? Well, uh, uh, Daniel Tavares was not really considered a suspect other than uh, on Wikipedia and uh, some other individuals had brought up his name. He was a murder suspect uh, in uh, in Fall River. Uh, he was responsible for the de- for the killing of a woman in in Fall River, which is one town over, and was a uh, is doing time on the west coast. Uh, for two murders there. Uh, the other, the, the, uh, Kenneth Pont was a an attorney in New Bedford. Uh, he had a, when he was a young man, he had a serious heroin addiction. He overcame his addiction, went to college, became an attorney. Um, for, in, in outward appearances, he was a poster child for Rehab, you know, he he did everything right, or so it seemed. However, as we all know um, today, drug addiction is very, very insidious, and people never really completely overcome it. You have it's a constant battle. And in the 1980s, cocaine became the thing, and he became a cocaine addict. He didn't want anyone to know that he was, again, using drugs, of course, because he was an attorney. But he also had a lot of ties to addicts on the street. So he would have women who worked the streets and other female addicts buy drugs for him. Mm. Um, So he knew all the girls that were on the street and all the female addicts. He was also, at that time, a deputy sheriff. it was generally an honorary title, but he did have a badge. And he had the connection, you know, to understanding probably, you know, if he went to law school, he probably at least had a, you know, semester on, you know, criminal law evidence. and evidence and all <laughs> yes, of that, which is kind of, you know, lining up with that profile. And then there was Anthony DeGrazia, if I'm pronouncing that correct. Yep. Yes. And by the way, and- Kenneth Pont, it says here, was found dead and they never solved that crime. He was ultimately uh, found dead in New Bedford. Well, he uh, he died of natural causes. Okay. From a, uh, a not a well-lived life. Yeah. Um, Anthony DeGrazia was, a, was in his late 20s. Uh, he had been arrested for attacking a number of uh, women on the street. He would bring them to a secluded area and then go for their throat and start choking them. The women got away, and that's how he came to the attention of uh, the police during the investigation. Uh, but, but to this day, uh, neither, I mean, there is no, there has been no one actually officially 
arrested and charged with any of these 11 murders. Is that right? Uh, uh, Kenneth Pont at one point was indicted for one of the murders. Uh, however, that charge was later dropped when the district attorney lost the election and a new district attorney came in and reviewed the evidence and found that there wasn't enough evidence to bring the case to trial. So as of today, there has been no one convicted in the murders. Uh, there, was, there were many, many people who became suspects in the case, uh, and their names were kind of under the radar. Uh, what's unique about this case is that it wasn't that they didn't have any suspects. I think they had too many suspects, which says something about how, um, how vulnerable women on the street are. Mm. Uh, the number of men that were attacking women on the street, uh, particularly drug-addicted women, uh, and brutalizing them is really shocking. Uh, both then and today. And it's not something that is unique to New Bedford. It is everywhere. And, of course, one of the reasons why a murderer would go after maybe uh, a, a woman that is living on the streets is because they may not have a direct, uh, you know, current relationship with a family, and maybe no one would report them missing. Is that right? Uh, that's one of the reasons. And, um or if they wouldn't be reported missing immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, in New Bedford, even the most of the women who were addicted, they did keep pretty close uh, ties with their families. However, because they weren't living with their families, they didn't have nine-to-five jobs. Uh, but if they went missing for a day or two, there wasn't an alarm didn't immediately go out for the most part. Interesting. All right, one more segment left. This is fascinating. Of course, we're just scratching the surface. It's almost a 300-page book, Shallow Graves. You can get it on Amazon, The Hunt for the New Bedford Highway Serial Killer. Our final segment after this. Hello, everybody. This is radio talk show host Jim Paris for freesurvivalgifts.com. If you're a survival buff like me and like to try out the latest survival gear and gadgets, then you're going to absolutely love freesurvivalgifts.com. At freesurvivalgifts.com, you will find a wide array of survival gear, books, and videos that are all 100% free. That's right, just pay your own shipping. Now, I know you're asking, why is all of this survival gear free? Well, the companies offering this gear are doing so as a way to promote their brand and introduce new products. Check it out today, freesurvivalgifts.com. Pick up one or more free survival items for you and your family. That website again is freesurvivalgifts.com. Check it out, freesurvivalgifts.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Get the ultimate knife at an ultimate price. The Fox Karambit Knife. Finally available in the U.S. The Fox Karambit Knife opens with one hand. Faster than you can pull a handgun. For utility, for defense, and for way less than other knives of this caliber. Go to TheUltimateKnife.com. Truly the best knife you will ever own. And only available at TheUltimateKnife.com. Use promo code RADIO at checkout for free shipping. Get the ultimate knife at the ultimate price. At TheUltimateKnife.com. Would it be okay if you had two paychecks instead of one? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy and myself, want to show you how to get an extra paycheck every month, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. 
To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Kiss your credit card debt goodbye. I'm Pharmacist Keith, Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you how to achieve financial peace, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. listening to Jim Paris live. It was the worst serial killing case in Massachusetts since the Boston Strangler. And the book is called Shallow Graves, The Hunt for the New Bedford Highway Serial Killer. It's available on Amazon. There's a Kindle version and also an audio version. And one of the things I love the most about the book, and you just don't see this in these true crime books, I think it's a wonderful thing to do is to have pictures in here of all 11 of the women that were murdered because these were human beings. These were people with families that had real lives. I know that it's interesting to talk about these books and to talk about serial killers, but we can't forget in all of that, that these were real people. And Maureen, I'd like you to talk a little bit about the families. I I know one of the interviews I listened to this week, you talked about uh, children that are now adults wanting closure, wondering what happened to their mother. And uh, a lot of people might, who have never been through something like this, might say, you know, it was years ago, maybe people should just move on. But you really can't move on until you get some kind of closure. Do we still have Maureen? Yes. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, maybe, that's okay. We might add you turned down. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, the, uh, th- th- that's very, very true. Um, that's the one uh, heartache of many for all the families, that they don't have an answer. They're always on the edge. Uh, Is the killer, did I run into the killer on the street? Is the killer in uh, the grocery store with me? Do I know the killer? They, They need to know that someone has been identified. If the killer is dead, the families need to know that. Um, this is an ache in all of their lives. The, the children of these women, and all but one of them had children. Wow. They, they all need, they, they grew up without their parents. Um, they had other family members uh, who loved them and helped them move, move on, so to speak. Um, but they still have that empty spot of uh, their mother, their mother's love. Right, and I, and, and I can imagine many of these women were, to some, level, to some level, estranged from their families because of the lifestyles that they were in, which would, you know, make it even more difficult if you uh, were, say, exercising tough love, quote-unquote, and not yeah. letting them move back until they gave up the drug addiction or the lifestyle, and they were out... Uh, exposed and at risk, and now you have guilt from that. Well, what's interesting about these women is 
Um, there were a few cases where the women were estranged from their their children and their and their families, but in most of the cases, the women did have a relationship with their children because the uh, the kids were living uh, with family members, uh, and in in one case, uh, with the case of Nancy Piva, who was in her thirties when she became addicted, uh, thanks to a boyfriend. Uh, her children were living with her. They were both teenagers. So they saw how their mother's life sort of unraveled uh, due to the addiction uh, much later in her life. All of the, most of the other women, they did see their children regularly. And their children really loved their mothers. And the families of these women kept on hoping that one day they would beat their addiction. And other women from that same era did eventually uh, beat their heroin addiction and, you know, form renewed ties with their families. However, these women, and this is the ultimate sadness of all of this, because uh, they were killed, they were, they were never given that chance to recover from their drug addiction. They were never given the, uh, the chance to say, I'm sorry to their families never given that uh, chance to be mothers to their kids. And the killer took more than their lives, these women's lives. They took away the future of their, of their families and their children. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where uh, I imagine the parents, the children will all live their whole lives without a day uh, going by without thinking about this this tragedy. A number of questions are coming in from our listeners. One listener wants to know, great question here, um, is it possible that there were other victims that were never discovered? Is there a, a sort of a shadow list of, of other names that um, were never discovered and maybe this list could be longer? Um, it, it could be. It could be because uh, during the height of the investigation when the bodies were found, there was uh, several women who were uh, eventually identified who were not on the list of women who had gone missing. So there could be other women out there uh, who are victims uh, who would say they're from not this area and their families didn't even know they were, they were here. It, it, it's quite possible that there are more victims. And with these lifestyles, you know, I could see... The authorities saying, well, look, you know, you were estranged from your daughter and now she's gone. Maybe she's just, you know, traveled across the country and is living somewhere else doing something else. And, you know, typically they they uh, wouldn't want to investigate every sort of, you know, missing person that might have a drug problem and other issue. Another listener wants to know, is this currently considered an open case and is the FBI involved? Um, yes, this is considered an open case. Um, all murder, uh, murder cases are never closed, so they are always open. It is considered a cold case because it's uh, because there there hasn't been anything new that has uh, come forward. However, the district attorney's office and their uh, cold case uh, detectives have continued to look at the case. Uh, the FBI's involvement in the case had been early on with uh, examining evidence um, and uh, helping with uh, developing uh, a loose profile of the uh, of the killer. But and, uh, the FBI would not be involved in the active investigation. Right. Well, and and all these many years later, we found it interesting that the FBI was still working the Golden State Killer case uh, all these years later as well. And uh, they used that familial DNA uh, method. The local uh, police, I guess, were the ones that the, the state police in California were engaged in that, which I find so fascinating, uh, such new technology now that we have. Um, is there any possibility, someone is asking, that this was another serial killer? For example, have you looked at this same time frame as a investigative journalist and found another string of murders maybe somewhere else in the country and maybe the killer was working both coasts or was 
you know, maybe you said fishermen from Florida. Maybe there were some murders in Florida that happened during the same time frame where uh, maybe that's where there really wasn't an end to this, but it picked up somewhere else. There had been um, a series of killings in uh, the in uh, the New Hampshire, uh, Vermont area. <clears throat> Vermont area. There was a series of killings in Connecticut. There had been another um, serial killer that was operating in New York mm. uh, when right around the, the New York case, uh, upstate New York. Uh, that was uh, that was uh, Sharcross. That was uh, going on uh, right around uh, the same time as in the Bedford case, and the police were getting uh, quite encouraged uh, investigatively with that case, thinking, well, perhaps he's moved to New York, but it was another serial killer. Yeah, and it's usually, it would would not be the case generally that a serial killer would work a large geographic area, because they usually stay with what they know, and that was one of the unusual things about the the Golden State Killer, was the large geographic area that he uh, was was, uh, wreaking havoc in both burglaries and rapes and murders and so forth, but uh, it would seem, uh, you know, just going back in time to 1988, uh, is there any thought someone's asking about a movie about this case and the attention that that could bring in addition to your book uh, to possibly finding the real killer? The, you know, that's all up in the air. I know that there's been, uh, you know, work on a documentary uh, on the case. Uh, I'm not part of that, but uh, there's been uh, a lot of renewed attention on the case. Uh, in this this past year, especially since this is the 30th anniversary, and we're trying to get as the word out and as much focus on the case as possible, uh, primarily because there's some, you know, after 30 years, people's lives change, and someone who may have been reluctant 30 years ago to come might now have some information. And we are out of time, but Maureen Boyle, you're doing God's work. Thank you so much for writing this book, Shallow Graves. Grab it on Amazon, and if it's Sunday night. It's Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, thank you very much for having me on. Thank you, ma'am. Hi, this is radio talk show host Jim Paris. And if you are like me, you hate all of those monthly bills. Well, I reached the point about three years ago that I decided enough was enough, and I went to war with my personal stack of monthly bills. I canceled cable TV and legally connected my television to the internet, and now I get hundreds of free TV channels, and I don't pay for cable TV. I found a little-known way of getting free home phone service for life, and I discovered a totally legal way to opt out of Obamacare and cut my health insurance bill by more than 60% per year. If you want to learn more about my personal war on monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. That's christianmoneyplus.com. If you're just plain sick and tired of those monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org.